Hi everyone, Anthony Fantano here, internet's busiest music nerd, and it is time for another episode of the TND Podcast with a special artist interview, Mr. Ash Kusha, a London-based electronic music producer who dropped one of the most perplexing records I've heard this year, Good, an album that I have still been trying to make heads or tails of since I reviewed it, and that is exactly why I have Mr. Kusha himself on the show today to sort of shed some light on his creative process on the creative process that went into this record and a bit of his sort of musical background. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks. It's it's good to be on your channel. I'm really happy to be talking to you. Yeah. Uh, so give us a bit of a rundown of what the reception of this record has been since you dropped it. I mean, I know you sort of released it onto SoundCloud originally is kind of like this, uh, a uh, holistic piece uh, with a lot of different musical movements within it. I, I don't believe it was sort of separated out into numerous tracks as it is now. Uh, you mean um, when I made it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. Well, what I usually do is like I I try to um, do a long track where I go back and forth and put in sound, and mm. I try to shape it at the end but um with this one I since it was the first um record that I tried to do it within within this method with this method basically I I I had to chop it three or four times and bring it back together so at some points um I felt that it w- it was cut out but then it came out as one seamless track basically and uh <sighs> Well, since then, it has been chopped up into other songs, and it landed on the yeah. old English Spelling Bee rec- record label. Yeah, yeah. But what we thought is um, it's good to have uh, the single experiences as well, but I'm sure if you listen to it as a whole piece or in different, like, say, in, in single tracks, basically, you um, they, they're connected together still, so... I wanted to give this chance also um, to have people listening to each track since so many people wouldn't get the time to have a 43 minutes experience uh, in the audio platform since we don't have the video platform. Yeah, for sure. You know, the the thing is, is that I think people, people these days really have more time than they realize that they do. And I think once people see that maybe a piece is like 40 or so minutes and it's just kind of this one big long connected piece of music they might kind of roll their eyes and groan uh but the thing is if they heard that kind of one moment in them in that one track in that long piece that sort of connected with them if they were able just to kind of reach and hear that one moment they would be interested in hearing the rest of the 40 minutes of the piece yeah i think it's like the 60s and 70s especially 70s i remember when i was a kid i was watching these videos of bands like progressive bands um, doing like 20 minutes jammings <laughs> sure and I think I was really fascinated by the whole thing that you, you wouldn't really feel the 20 minutes pass so I think we should kind of I, I wouldn't say we should but yeah we, it's cool to go back to that kind of with electronic music with the new format that we're listening to go go back to that whole like long experience and just get involved, really get engaged with the whole sound, sonic experience. And and from what I understand, uh, you are 
pretty involved with or you have a pretty deep history with classical music as as well and i imagine that has to sort of inform uh the process that you went into this record with at least in in the sort of format that you made it in where even though it is these kind of separate moments it does feel like this one long massive piece yeah i I was studying classical music when i was around 20 for um four years i studied classical composition and I really like the for, uh, the form and structure in classical music, the composition, the way they put sound together and make this whole the big wall of sound basically with uh, with different instruments in different registers basically. But something was missing for me personally, which was um, the sound wasn't too um, too expandable. It was limited to certain instruments in classical music so I always try to do classical music with noise or even just random sounds that I would find or record with my field recorder so I I I feel like classical music as as I'm sure you already know is just so heavily dependent on the instrumental palette it's sort of infamous for you know just as like rock music is is really really heavily dependent on bass guitar and just regular six string guitar and the 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 westernized drum set as we know it so sort of pulling those instruments out of that context completely out of the the classical formula how do you make sort of electronic sounds and noises translate into kind of a classical flavor like once you've pulled those instruments out how exactly do you go into the creative process still with that mindset yeah imagine you're making up a chord sequence or Hmm. just putting uh like harmonizing sounds in a way you would harmonize um a a contrabass with let's say a viola or a cello so i imagine i'm doing that i try to put uh, electronic sounds instead so the yeah. outcome is most of the time some random chord sequence which is like full, it's, it's basically based on randomness and chaos but it all comes together at the end since you're trying to be in a form so for me the experience is it's kind of open-ended for me still I'm, I'm trying randomness within structure kind of yeah, well, I mean, I, th- I think that's definitely something that shows on this new record over here. Uh, th- there's a lot of electronic music out today, especially in the wake of UK bass and Future Garage and sort of micro house getting pretty popular, as well as Deep House and a lot of this uh, newer, poppier EDM stuff. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it is sort of based on these either meditative or just really physical repeating grooves that are meant to sort of elicit some kind of you know physical response whereas what you're doing uh it's it's not that it's not coherent but it's really disorienting you know there's no one single uh pattern that just repeats again and again and again and again and yet it doesn't feel totally random uh like a classical composition it does feel very decided and and even when it does kind of go in a direction where you don't expect it feels like it knows where it's going and it knows where it wants to go yeah um i'm i treat sound um um like theatrical performers so Mm. i don't put them on the grid 
I don't put them on the metronome. I, I let them just flow. When I'm when I'm playing the keyboard, I don't um, restrict myself on the grid or I have to be on the metronome. So I try to perform a, a sort of behavior, sonic behavior, and then put them with others and see how they react to each other. And it's like a stage, basically, of sound that are involved with each other. And at the end, you have this kind of performance that switches into another performance and another performance. So, yeah, it's, I'm entertaining my my kind of sonic uh, pleasures. Sort of. so, so the process is you might sort of write or maybe even improvise this idea on a keyboard, and then after it's kind of out there, you'll kind of rewind and think back, well, how do I sort of complement this with other sounds now is sort of the the idea yeah exactly it's like i'm i'm acting i'm just saying a line and i go back i reply to that i respond to that line sure sure and uh so simultaneously you, you well in one breath you're writing lines for the other actors to sort of interact with this lead role that you've developed or maybe i'm sure in the process of creation you're writing something that you might think is the lead role at the time but then a more significant idea that you would like to put in the spotlight maybe pops up in the creative process or of writing roles for the other lines but in your head simultaneously you've got to be thinking of what you're going to be doing five minutes from then yeah exactly exactly there's always a lead line that is the most stubborn and it's just moving around and it just gets away from the grid and then while playing it I'm I'm kind of uh writing something else so I know what this behavior is, behavior is going to bring to the other one so it's yeah mm. it's just step step by step layering in my head and just bringing them out sort of <laughs> it's, sort really of hard, it's really hard to explain it, these in it, words. No, it's 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 <laughs> it is very hard to explain, yeah. and and it's and it's hard to even imagine it sort of even happening. But yet, you know, we have the album here. We know it must have happened. But sort of with that being your yeah. creative process, <laughs> <laughs> when do you even know when to stop? You know, when do you, yeah. when do you know? Oh, this is done now. Like so, this, yeah, uh, this, this is, song or this, this album is very done. interesting because I make well this this one uh, good was basically around sixty five minutes. So I had to cut out from the sixty five minutes as well. And the initial hmm. uh, recording was around eighty minutes. So. I just keep playing and playing, and it's sometimes it's a really long piece of composition. I have I have to cut out the the long moments, the longer moments. Sure, so, you've got yeah. to edit yourself. So yeah, sometimes you just keep on playing. Yeah. Okay, so so <laughs> going a, a little into the uh, uh, the the compositional aspect of it, uh, another thing about this record that was striking to me and and sort of seems like. Uh, uh, a really significant part of the process is just the soundcraft of this album. I mean, completely separate from what you're going to be doing in terms yeah. of the percussion and the melodies on this record. It, some of these sounds sound like before you even thought of what the sound would be doing melodically, you were kind of just honing it and crafting it and making sure it had a certain timbre or a certain pitch to it. Yeah, I, I do that. I, I design sound before I put it on the keyboard and start to make compositions out of it, basically. Sure. So that's the first process, just to make the sound. I might spend two days searching for the right sound within the archive I have. 
I've、mm. recorded so many sounds from nature, environment, sampled sounds. So I just dig in and select my sound and work on it. And are are there、yeah. any sort of、uh, unexpected or sort of strange samples of things that end up on this record that that sort of just listening to it, the audience probably wouldn't think that oh you know yeah, I I didn't、there's... I didn't think that that was a car door slamming or something like that. Yeah, there's a lot of、um, glass sound and tick sound. Like I was just. Um, basically, or drops, uh, uh, drops of water. I was just <laughs> pouring water and sampling it, which is weird、sure. because you can.、Um, it's funny how you can turn drops of water into snares. I found、mm. that really interesting. Yes, you you can easily have a really fat snare or click sound from water drops. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I would say the the most interesting one for me was the the water samples. But、um, what, how I used the sample was the, the thing that I, that I talked about in the press release as well,、um, which is the nano composition.、Um, which the, the easiest way to explain this is by saying it's all about scale. Nanotechnology is all about scale. So I'm trying to bring the concept of scale、um, and size of sound in waveforms in in music. And、um, it's basically digging deep, like zooming in, zooming in so much into sound that you almost find really, really weird grains of and movements of sound, basically like random creatures that are random objects that come to you. And I take them out, I bring them back into the normal size, and put them together sometimes, and they make a really weird synth. So. I'm I'm kind of letting things happen as well on their own, letting this world of、um, grains and sounds talk to me, and I respond to them, and then I find something new because I don't want to be preparing things. the The whole surprise element I think is really exciting in music. So most of the time, when you know so much about how how you do things,、mm. it's it's the most dangerous for your music to to be something new. Yeah, I, I I think I get what you're saying because I mean, how do you keep yourself surprised when you're just making music by yourself? You know, like when you're in a group of musicians, the element of surprise can a lot of the time come from the fact that you're working with other people and they do something completely unexpected or、yeah. just some present some idea that that you hadn't thought of. And、uh, when you're when you're working by yourself, I imagine the element of surprise can be kind of like something. That you chase after really hard. Yeah, the element of surprise is more in the sound design than the、mm. composition. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I try to get surprised from how this sound would end up being、uh, when I dig deep into the grains and use a lot of granular synthesis.、Mm. You never know what's going to happen at the end because it's not very mathematical.、Mm. It's it's very、um, experience based. Method, so you basically manipulate sound to see what's going to happen next. And the moment you feel that's good, it's you just take it,、mm. and that's that's your gift. It's, it's like your, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> it's like a game. It's like a video game. Sure. It's kind of、uh, yeah, full of surprises. And one one thing I I was thinking is that、um, actually、uh, today I was talking to a friend about this that I would really like to. 
play this music to um, intelligent ma- machines in the future somehow like I think you would love you would love to have an audience yeah. of machines in the future. Yeah, but I, I was thinking like uh, the AIs. Imagine hundred years from now, we have AIs. We have intelligent machines, like sure, super super intelligent machinery. And I, w- I would like to see their reaction. They're they're going to be a part of us as in individual beings. They would someday. probably be really pretentious and shit on it just because they knew <laughs> a human made it. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the, that's the point because they would probably <laughs> never. They would, yeah, they would probably never uh, be like Ugh, a human I mean, made yeah. this. Ugh, <laughs> get this out of my face. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. It would be a weird experience. Yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> well. Um, uh, uh, so, so, so the composition, we have the sound craft, uh, of tell, tell me a little bit more before we jump into the next thing, sort of how the reception of the record has been going so far, because, uh, you know, I know before, uh, I reviewed the record and old English yeah. spelling Bee featured the record on, uh, their band camp, uh, the, the following on the album was, was relatively small and you know, so so you're going from kind of being this virtually unknown artist to uh, somebody that has you know a, a small audience kind of following them, and sort of what yeah. what is that transition? Which is amazing. It's, sure, it's just unbelievable, and, and that that is another gift of technology. I mean, how how fast things can happen and, these days. And and yeah. what like yeah. basically what's the what's the feeling from then to now? You know, because the uh, you know I I have a lot of sort of young musicians and and people who are just trying to get their music out there asking me all the okay, time let me, you let know me say this yeah. for every musician i think it's the same if they don't tell you this they're probably not telling the truth but um i think when you make something you're you're really scared that well what what mm-hmm. did i just do i don't i don't know if people are gonna like it or not so I, the moment you see the response you see people are, are actually into it they're, they're trying they're trying to get engaged they're trying to get involved with your music that's the moment you know okay I have to carry on doing this this is it I'm going to do it so you just keep doing it in the, in the same fashion you did and you're going to be confident that okay this is good this is this is nice this is this is like a scientist that makes sort of like invents a medicine or something and if, if no one tests that and it's not positive how 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 do you know to carry on you know it's for me it was a really really uplifter to see how people respond to this kind of music which is risky music in this whole environment of safe kind of enjoyable pleasurable electronic music to do something that is totally off and it's it's basically it's just bonkers sure no i yeah. i i've i've had a lot of conversations with people who are also trying to get started in the YouTube realm, and and I've said to yeah. them oftentimes before, uh, you know, when you're just getting started and you have nobody watching and nobody responding, it can feel a lot like just screaming into the void of space. You know, you don't know. You, yeah, you just, exactly. I mean, even though we kind of have this idea of what an artist should be or how an audio or how an artist's uh, uh, creative process should go. 
um, you know, the artist should be totally influenced by no one and nothing. And the artist should have full control of everything and, you know, be like this person who walks into the room wearing a cape and a hat and sort of throws their cape on the couch and poo-poos everybody they walk by. But, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that music is this communal thing. And, yeah. you know, uh, 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 unless you were, you know, sort of this guy, sort of like this R. Stevie Moore type where you just kind of have this thing inside of you where you can't help but create and it really doesn't matter whether it's good or bad or anybody hears it or, you know, 500 people hear it or nobody hears it. Uh, you know, you're making this music in in a way to sort of communicate and if you have nobody to sort of communicate it to it could be kind of confusing you know because you don't even know whether or not you're speaking cor- exactly. correctly yeah, yeah, yeah. i guess I totally in a sense i agree with that it's it's really important when you have a concept with your music and you, you 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 probably think about something when you make that music or have a feeling or expressing yourself because of some other emotional thing that happened a process in your head maybe but the moment even one person responds to that. That becomes important. It comes. Uh, it, it becomes a connection between you and the first listener, mm. and then the second, the third, the hundred, the thousands. So I think, yeah, as you said, it's, it's a communal thing, and it's a it, it's something that has to be spread as much as possible when you make it. Uh, it I think it, it's a, it's a natural process as well in a way. Mm. It it will. People will get you if you if you just did something. And you just thought that this is this is what I think, this is what I believe, this is this is my emotions, and yeah. So, so you talk about sort of having this audience for your music now, or having these people respond to your record uh, and say that it's sort of justified your creation in some kind of way. It's vindicated your process, and you're like, okay, I'm doing something here that people are responding to so that signifies to me to keep going with it but have you run into a point yet uh or you know what do you think you'll do if you run into a point down the road where you have an interaction with their audience where it informs you to not continue doing what you're doing but maybe change it in some kind of way i think yeah that's that's a that's a Interesting. Well, wow, that's a very <laughs> um, difficult one. Because I think, first of all, I do it for myself, and when I when I do it, I don't even know where I am. Sure. As an artist, I think most of the people who do music, they don't do it as a practice or as a job necessarily in the first point. Um, they just do it. They just make it. The the making process doesn't involve a lot of. I mean, any actually any 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 other person than yourself mm. so you're involved in that process and you're the person who 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 is making that melody line or or the harmonies or putting sounds together so at the end of the day i think yeah at some point you might people might indi- indicate oh we want this more from you but um you feel like no you you, you don't want to do that anymore and i think you will do whatever you want at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And some other people are co- going to come in and be positive about it, saying, oh, now he has changed. Now we... So it's it's a very... It's a difficult one. I, I couldn't say that it justifies your your work. But in the beginning, in the very beginning, it's very important to have res- feedback, basically. Mm. to To know that someone is experiencing sound in the way you are experiencing it. But I don't know what's going to happen 
I don't know, with your fifth album, if you're doing some other weird stuff and people are going to say, oh, no, this is not good or that is good. Or, I don't know. I, I just wanted to sort of get your, uh, your, your opinion early on before you wish your whole audience was dead and they're, they're annoying the shit out of you. That's, that's all. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, I don't. no, no, no. But what I meant was that this because um, well, we have this big debate nowadays about AIs because I, I was reading something about Nick Bostrom, a philosopher. Who you're, you're very, you're very inspired by this topic. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, which I mean, I, I think I, 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 I want to point out. I think, uh, you know, that there's there's a really interesting synthesis of, you know, sort of the digital world, but also kind of this really human organic component on on this record. So, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, that's, exactly. That's that's where I stand. I stand uh, on the human side of the thing. I'm um, on the human side. Sure. So there's a whole wave discussing this the arguing about how ais could be a big mistake mm. so i'm thinking we are ais we, we can be superhuman being super intelligent so you're kind of like the you're, you're like the terminator 2 outcome if we do ais yeah, it's kind of, I'm, I'm i'm going for the like terminator that's that's five, that's what's that's what's going to happen it's not going to be like <laughs> yeah. okay so it's not so it'll be terminator but it's not even going to be a good terminator it'll be the worst yeah. terminator okay yeah but use it, it, it won't it won't be like that robin williams movie where he's the android and uh you know he's like learning to love and then they sort of turn him human by the end of the yeah, movie yeah. it won't be like that it'll be like no, terminator be, yeah yeah, yeah. It will be like that. i really like your references now uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to, uh, I'm just trying to work through what, what, what you're trying to say here. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to say that we, we could be the super intelligent people who can, because the, the basic idea of AI is just to um, move things faster in terms of intelligence and knowledge, and that's that's the main thing with AIs. And I think in music, we can move things, we can shake things around ourselves, we can, we can go out of that box and just do, maybe don't even think about what we're doing just just do some weird stuff and see what happens if if it's good it's good it's not that's why the album is called good it's i i thought this is good but it's not perfect and mm. that's that's the biggest point human beings have i think we have we we do a lot of mistakes and that's important well i think that's sort of where our obsession with stuff like ai sort of comes from i think people want all of the advantages of the human condition, but they want to X out all the imperfections and all the mistakes using exactly, technology yeah. which, and using robots. Yeah, which I think the biggest mistake is to have um, machines that don't even make mistakes. Sure. And that, I think that's the biggest problem. If we want to make AIs, we have to make AIs that can make mistakes <laughs> and learn from that. Sure, you know, because and they—that's the way they're going to understand us, basically. But I mean, at that point, I kind of feel like we've reached. At at that point, once we've made AIs that are capable of making mistakes, I feel like we've just made ourselves. Exactly. You know? That's that's well, <laughs> yeah. Let's. Let, well, you can cut this off the interview, but I think that's that's the concept of God. Basically, we we're going to create God. The God that conceptually we created in our head, we're gonna create. We we're gonna know that we are that. Sure. Basically. Hey, that's staying in the interview. 
because that's that's an interesting point. Okay. Uh, okay. This this that's this cool. this podcast well, I mean, is about video. music, but it's also about the weird, deep, conceptual, yeah. philosophical stuff that informs it. You know, it's I, I don't yeah. think you could just. I mean, I try as hard as possible to sort of look at music, at least in the yeah. vacuum of okay, this album's new. I just listened to it. Here's my reaction. But you know, if you're going to be sort of doing a long form podcast, yeah, you've yeah, got to I sort mean, of the, talk about anything yeah, that sort yeah. of pops. There's definitely more to it. Any sure. music, any music. There's definitely more to the music than sure. just the sound. Yeah. So I think uh, uh, moving on from from the from these awesome <laughs> concepts that we were that we were just discussing, and um, you know also uh, audience reception. Uh, yeah. I, I want to ask you a little bit about sort of. So you're based in London right now. Yeah. Um, you know, do you have any sort of connection with the scene out there as as it currently stands uh, with the music you've been making? Um, in what way? I mean, connection. I mean, are you are you performing you live? No. Are you collaborating with other people? Or are you just kind of like this lone island right now? I mean, as a result of this yeah, album I'm coming a, out, is I'm, is anybody sort of paying attention to what you're yeah, doing? Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff coming. Mm-hmm. People contacting. Like any any like, opportunities to perform live out there? Not yet with live music because I think I'm gonna wait to find the right platform to play live because. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think this should be accompanied with, with a lot of visuals, and I'm working on the visuals with Hira, a friend of mine. Hmm. And yeah, we, we're doing this whole thing with visuals that's going to come out soon. Um, but f- as for the scene, I'm not. I'm I'm, I'm a bit of a caveman. Hmm. Uh, well, I've been a bit of a caveman for the last couple, couple of years, just experiencing new things and experimenting, basically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I really like this scene in London. People are really challenging, and you 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 see a lot of people from different places that are doing actually really weird stuff. Is the uh, uh, just a quick quick detour? Uh, is is the Jamie XX record as huge over there as it is over here? Are people making a big deal of it over there? Um, I wouldn't be lying if I say I have no idea. You have no idea. Well, that's that's fine too. Yeah. That's fine too. I mean, yeah. you know, if if you're telling me you're a caveman, then yeah. you know, and and people aren't banging down your door with copies of the new Jamie XX record and saying, I know, yeah, "Listen I know to this." I know there's a track that is called "Oh My Gosh" or something. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that the is, that's the intro yeah, track. I just heard it somewhere, and it's just in my head for a long time. And it's I, a catchy I track. Didn't know. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know it was from Jamie X6 but I was like oh my gosh yeah for <laughs> you <laughs> so your reaction to oh my gosh was oh yeah, my gosh oh my gosh yeah. got it uh okay so I mean you know you do have ambitions though to sort of be reaching out and sort of you know trying to yeah. trying to perform this music in some kind of way though in the future yeah 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 definitely I'm I'm trying to find the right place basically because I know because I had a I had a bit of a weird experience 2 years ago I was doing some other beat music instrumental music hmm. and I played it there was a funk night somewhere in East London and I just played this weird ambient music and people were like what is going on so <laughs> so this music you've been creating before this beat music was this under another name or was this sort of under the same pseudonym yeah it was some project called Slow Kid which mm-hmm. I just closed it down it was just it's just completely yeah. it's done yeah done and it was that a completely different stylistic influence going into that into that project that yeah it was more ambient i would say it was more spacey hmm. atmospheric non 
beat music basically hmm. it was very easy listening kind of synthy yeah okay airy i don't know it's really too hard to describe music and it, it can be it can be yeah, um very difficult and uh and and not to sort of you know sort of uh, pigeonhole you into anything as far as your next yeah. record but uh at some point you know do you sort of see those influences creeping in a little bit more with what you're doing with this project at at any point you mean the like for the future yeah 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 i think this is this is going to be a long term project that is it's it's an ongoing process this whole nano composition and this thing with sound experience cuz i think the, this first record wasn't wasn't the place to do everything so i'm i'm going to catch up with things on the next and the next hopefully record um, if, if it comes out yeah it, you know sort of talking about how difficult it is to describe music uh, how exactly do you feel like you would categorize what you do? Because me personally, I mean, when I came across the record and I was listening to it, I was like, wow, you know, it's, it's, it's blending so many things, but yet it's sort of coming out of, you know, this place that's completely unexpected at the same time. I'm not totally sure what label or labels to put on it. There were a few people that, you know, sort of came up afterwards and were like, Anthony, it's IDM, you idiot. <laughs> and I kind of feel like just throwing that label on it is a little disingenuous and maybe a little bit of a cop-out. Uh, just because it seems like yeah. compositionally you're doing something way different than, let's say, an Aphex Twin or an Autecker. Yeah, you know, if I if I wanted to be super pretentious, I would put a lot of words now as like, oh, my music is immersive, it's very three-dimensional sonic experience and stuff. <laughs> but honestly, <laughs> but honestly, I still don't know what it is. I'm I'm trying to figure it myself. Maybe in two years, if if we talk again, I'm gonna find a good word for it, a proper word that describes the music but for now i think it shouldn't be named anything i, I mean I, th it's... I think uh you know i uh, idm to me is is such a, an older style of music where yeah. i mean while i wouldn't exactly liken you directly to a guy like flying lotus i think what you have going has a lot more in common with a lot of modern beat music than it does any sort of 90s electronic yeah. music producer from yeah. the uk yeah i think so i'm i'm, I'm totally with you on that and I really appreciate the Flying Lotus uh, reference because um, he does a lot of samples and he does a lot of harmonies and um, basically sam sample based compositions which I'm really into it actually sure and yeah so I would say yeah that's a, that's a pretty good reference that kind of beat music because IDM I don't I'm, I'm not really um, I'm not comfortable with the word actually with intelligent uh, even, is, even, even, like even intelligent? yeah yeah even, even most people yeah. even most people who are who have been given the label throughout the years aren't that cool with the label yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's a it's a funny one idm all these yeah it's just, yeah it's 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 yeah. it's a strange you wouldn't label. you wouldn't call yourself intelligent would you right. uh, i would would i label my reviews intelligent <laughs> yeah, music intelligent. reviews uh, yeah intelligent music review i am r Maybe maybe if I were in a position where I was ready to quit and yeah, and I was and I didn't have to deal with the backlash of anybody being like, Anthony, you're being a fucking asshole. Uh, you know, and then then I then I could maybe sort of preemptively uh, not preemptively, but sort of in post place that 
uh, uh, label on my reviews is a bit of a fuck you exactly. to everybody who who is going to be you know sticking around afterwards just to be like sayonara suckers yeah uh, and this is yeah this is just me i'm intelligent and i just made the best reviews sure ever. sure not I'm that just... you didn't you did <laughs> we're okay we're not even gonna go down that road we're not even gonna entertain yeah. that conversation yeah, yeah. um so, moving <laughs> moving on from here uh sort of now that you have this audience yeah. uh and you know you're thinking about performing sort of where do your creative ambitions lie or is sort of the idea to kind of sit and let things ruminate or just start to quickly start working on the next project because it seems now more than ever in order to sort of hold people's attention you've got to constantly be dropping shit uh, just yeah. to, to to sort of I don't know tell people like oh I'm not I'm not going so. anywhere uh, uh, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if, if uh, it's I don't know in, in terms of like labels and stuff. Is it appropriate to say this? But I already have finished another record, which is um, another twenty five minutes piece, mm. and I'm so I'm I'm in the middle of another one, which is around forty five minutes. So I'm just constantly putting things together mm. as a habit, basically. It's just my habit. I don't sure. know if this this sounds like <laughs> yeah, this sounds really bad as well. It's like oh, I'm just making music, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued and fascinated by the whole Sonic experience. Even if I'm doing other stuff, I'm mm. experiencing films and other stuff just in arts. Um, so yeah, I just want to make music. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's that's a, a great passion to have, uh, and yeah. it's fine to just kind of leave it simply as that. Uh, to to move from London, uh, you know, sort of what what brings you to the city? Because I know that you you didn't grow up there, from what I understand. Yeah, I've been here for six years now. Okay, and I don't sound English. <laughs> well, that's 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 fine. Uh, yeah. So so so, where are you uh, uh, coming from to sort of? Yeah, come I come from, from Iran. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, yeah, I grew up in Iran. I was born and raised in Iran, in Tehran, the capital city, and I was always doing music there. I studied in the um, Tehran College of Music. And uh, were, were you learning uh, classical music from yeah, classical music the, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in, studying classical composition there. Oh, okay. And and when you're doing classical composition in Iran, I mean, are you learning sort of classical music directly from your culture, or are you taking like classes on Western you can, classical yeah, you music? Yeah, can have. You can. Well, there are two different pathways there. There's one that is uh, specializing on Iranian traditional music, mm. but there's also a big side that is. European classical music, hmm. which I was interested in Chopin and Wagner, mostly. So yeah, I was I was doing classical composition theory and playing a bit of piano, cello, different instruments. Um, you, yeah, you, I, did, I did. I mean, in that environment, because the college I was going to, it was called World Music. Classical music was a part of the world music, so I I, I kind of studied jazz music a bit as well. I did a lot of bass, jazz bass. Oh, really? Point. Yeah. Um, what what jazz artists uh, were sort of key to the curriculum over there? Um, I was really into Grant Green. Mm. And um, I listened to a lot of Miles Davis. Mm. And I, I was playing a lot of um, bass lines. 
from um, which one was it? Let me remember that. Oh, Victor Wooten. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like electric bass as a kid. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, things got pretty funky at some point, and I yeah, and I tried to imitate Marcus Miller. Hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I just tried to experience everything when I was younger. Well, those so. are some pretty heavyweight bass players <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be yeah, to be yeah. <laughs> Im- to be imitating at at what age? Um, seventeen, eighteen. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, so so uh, were there were there other people you were hanging out with at that time who were sort of into a lot of the same jazz music and and stuff like that? Yeah, Anybody yeah, who you we were had, sort of we, playing we with and improvising of, with? Yeah, we had, I had a couple of friends. Hmm. Um, who did jazz guitar courses in Iran. Hmm. And, well, it's very limited, obviously, since it's a very westernized music. Yeah. But um, but at the same time, it's pretty big. Since we had a lot of jazz records from the 70s in Iran, jazz record collectors, basically. Oh. So there was a big source of really super old records. I actually found this um, organ from 1969 in Iran mm. and I just, and I have I still have it here. I brought it over. You brought it over to London? Yeah, 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 to London. It's a pretty old Yamaha uh, op- it is a combo or- organ. And and your experience and your interest in uh jazz music and classical music uh, obviously sort of started over there, but did you start branching out into electronic music there, or did you start doing that once you kind of landed in London? No, I started... Um, when I was 18, I had this computer and a software called Cool Edit Pro. <laughs> <laughs> so before Adobe Audition... But yeah, Adobe Adi- Ad- yeah. Adobe bought Cool Edit and <laughs> yeah, turned it cool in. Edit. That's that's the, yeah, that's the best name ever. I used to. <laughs> uh, uh, I've I've worked in radio for years, and oh, yeah. that is the program that we use. Man, <laughs> fucking Cool Edit. I have not. I have not heard anybody use. I haven't heard anybody use. I haven't heard anybody say they use that program for a long time. Yeah, because that program had the best. Um, yeah, I can easily say the best noise reduction application. Yeah, I don't know uh, if you remember. That, that's actually that's actually a yeah. really good point because yeah, a, a friend of mine the best and I sa- noise sampling, and you could take the sample from the noise and put the sample on the whole thing, and it would reduce the noise really beautifully. I used to actually. Um, uh, well, I mean, uh, I, I don't do this as much recently, but when I was first getting into record collecting, I would buy a lot of shitty beat up records and then I would just digitize them and record them using Cool Edit Pro. And yeah. the noise reduction uh, plugin on that program would pull the pops and the clicks out like beautifully. Yeah, yeah uh, it's amazing. I don't know what technology they use that they don't use it anymore. Yeah, and and the thing is there there were so many there were so many things about that program that were just easy to use. Exactly. That, uh, that's why I got into sampling. So I I had this really bad like crappy microphone. Sure. I was sampling everything from the room, from my guitar, clicks and people shouting in the other room. So I I would record them and put them in um Cool Edit Pro basically. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and reduce the noise and just mess around with them. And I didn't know that's called like electronic digital music where you do things on your computer. Sure. Yeah, I was trying to imitate real music 
maybe that's why because back then I was trying to make classical pieces but with everything that I had anything that I had in the room so yeah I ended up just making pieces I don't, I don't know if I have those pieces but those are the most precious pieces of music I ever made <laughs> well I mean obviously you're not you're not still using cool edit pro now no I'm not <laughs> so, so, so what have you graduated to now that you're not using cool edit yeah I'm, I'm on logic oh, okay um, yep. yeah logic is Pretty cool. You know, uh, again, everybody, if you if you can go back, if you have, uh, you know, uh, if if you're still running Windows 2000 or Windows XP, <laughs> uh, pl- yeah. please hop online and try to pirate yourself a copy of Cool Edit Pro, because it was it was just super easy to just like cut stuff and paste stuff and just like you know control and uh, uh, I mean copy and paste stuff. Um, yeah, exactly. And just some of the manipulations in that program were uh, <laughs> were, were kind of cool. I mean, I've had my experiences in that program. That, I mean, there were some difficult things in there, like uh, um, sort of equalizing things was difficult yeah. on the fly because you would sort of turn down uh, maybe the you would like roll down like the lowest frequencies and then it wouldn't actually happen until like a second later. Like you, you couldn't gradually turn stuff down or up. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, would just yeah. turn it down and hope that it fell into a place that actually sounded good. And then if it didn't, yeah. it would just kind of be this guessing game of like jumping around with the uh, equalizer and, and whatever other plugin you were using because nothing would sort of, you know, sort of fade up louder or fade down louder or get yeah, more exactly. distorted sort of, you know, easily it would just you know you'd turn the button and then it would just like turn up to that volume or whatever i don't want to sound like an old guy but these days plugins just they do everything for you and you 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 don't want them to kind of and you're like hey hey, whoa 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 i didn't i didn't want that to be like that (laughs) but they're just doing it yeah you can easily get carried away with the automations and like automatic settings and basically presets yeah because it's it's i i imagine it instead of just giving you a blank slate you throw in the plugin and it's kind of already implying what yeah you want before you've even made any adjustments exactly and you you're guided by some kind of semi-intelligent machines sure and and back bef- to that yeah back to that artificial intelligence. yes artificial intelligence uh <laughs> informing us <laughs> But there, you know, there's also the the element of I'm making a song. I have this idea in my head for the way the reverb should sound. I throw on the reverb plugin, and it's already got this other reverb on it. And all of a sudden, in my head, I've already lost the way that the reverb is supposed to sound because yeah. the computer has shown me this other reverb, and it's it's fucked up my notion of of how I want it to sound. Exactly. You don't have the idea of the room that you wanted to simulate with the reverb, basically. Sure. So you kind of lose that size. And that, that, that's what I tried to do with this record is that I set up the empty room first. I had this image of the room. This is the room that I want to put these sonic objects in. Hmm. So basically when you listen to this album, you you come to my room and you see the way I decorate things. I've put this, the, the sonic objects, basically, the sounds. I think that's a... Uh that's a really good way to sort of play off of something that you said earlier. Uh, when you said you were composing these tracks, you didn't necessarily know where you are. And, and that was one of the more perplexing things about me when listening to this record and trying to just review it and find a way to describe it. It doesn't really have a, 
like uh, uh, it doesn't really have sort of a strong sense of place or being or belonging yeah. to any one thing or setting. Not not that I don't think it has a personality or anything like that, but sort of because I it's the the place that this thing exists in just seems so abstract. I can't really visualize it. Yeah, it's, it's somewhere. I, I don't even know what the address is. <laughs> yeah. Like, like see, this, this room yeah. that, that this stuff exists in, what does it even look like to you in, yeah, in your video, mind's basically, eye? Basically, the first video that was released on... Yeah, yeah, you just you just yeah. dropped a video. We, we will put a link to the music video that you that just dropped video. down in the description box because you did just release a music video. So so you kind of see that video as like an accurate representation yeah, of kind of what you your music is visual. the guidelines are representing a, a sort of unknown environment. Sure. And I'm really happy that Hira had that in mind as well. He, he was always talking about this like unknown space that things are happening there and you see these objects and these creatures basically. Mm. And yeah, I think the the room you you get the definition of a room, but it's not real. It's just an idea of a room, so it's not a real place or a real space that I could actually define or mm. say this is how it looks like or this is how it is. It's just an unknown space. It's, it's somewhere in all of our heads, basically. Every one of us, we could just travel with sound to somewhere that we don't actually know anything about it. I think uh, I think that's pretty much a great <laughs> description of what this record does. Yeah. I think that's uh, and and a good note to end on as well. Uh, you know, yeah. if, if you give a listen to this new record, which we will link you down to in the description as well, the, you know, just sort of that lack of knowing where you are uh, is is kind of the sensation that that I think comes out strongest on this record, which could kind of be a scary thing too. Yeah, you think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think a lot of music, I think I think most popular music is very closely and obviously tied to some kind of culture or scene or background of some sort. And to sort of listen to music that doesn't have any strong, you know, cultural roots in any one thing can can be kind of strange because you know sort sort of sort of cu- cultural background and experience is how a lot of people identify with the music that they're listening to whether it be uh punk music or hip hop music or country music or metal music which is you yeah. know very insular a lot of the time and and certain forms of electronic music too uh this is why people sort of get defensive with a, a lot of stuff especially yeah, when you're saying negative true. things about music because it's not like you're just uh, uh saying the music isn't good you know you're also kind of saying uh and and not 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 directly but it kind of feels this way in a sense uh you know you're also saying that uh the culture sort of the idea or the background that this record is is coming from uh you're sort of I guess putting that down as well, um, and uh, you know it's 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 kind of hard to uh, to to give something a negative review or give something a positive review mm-hmm. without having all this other baggage carry over with it. You know, I'm sure you've had an experience before where you've loved the way a record sounds or you really love mm-hmm. the music, but maybe you don't totally identify with the point of view of the record or maybe the politics of the record or the message yeah. of the record. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of hip-hop that sometimes I don't just connect to. Sometimes. But when I 
listen to the lyrics more and more I'm 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 getting into the story mm. unless it has like super crazy nice beats mm. but if it doesn't if it's just about the words it takes time to get to know the person that is saying those things because it comes from the streets that the stories happened in them the houses the the environment the the people who were involved in these stories so you have to get to know them sure and and that's sometimes and that's, doesn't happen yeah and and the thing is that sort of familiarity is what people enjoy in music a lot of the time knowing that the artist has had a similar experience or at least that the song is delivering an experience or a setting or a place that the person who's listening to it is familiar with or identifies with in some kind of significant way. Whereas, you know, when I'm listening to what you're doing, I don't see a house. I don't see a street. I don't see a place. I don't see a, a background or anything. I just see this kind of weird abstract, uh, you know, bizarro land. Um, that uh that that is just again difficult to make heads or tails of it just seems like this super duper abstract thing that you know which, n- nothing way, you know. i think which in a way it's it's kind of good as well for the oh yeah it's to, it's it's, yeah, it's good to, it's very good yeah yeah to kind of get people to push themselves into another world and come out of the safe zone sometimes. Oh yeah, ab- I absolutely. I, I, I mean, yeah, a lot, a lot of people do. Yeah. A lot of people do. I, I'm just yeah. saying that for some people, you know, sort of listening to music that doesn't have those clear cultural definitions yeah. can be kind of scary. It's uh, it can kind of yeah, be like it can be yeah. That's that's true. Yeah. Now I I, I can totally understand what you're saying. Now. It's kind of I like just getting it. yeah yeah. It's, it's like it getting blown out of the yeah. airlock yeah. in the middle of space. Yes. And, you know, instead of enjoying the ride and just enjoying the fact that you're kind of in this spot where maybe there's, you know, no rules or no definitions or anything like that, you know, you're yeah. thinking about, whoa, n- you know, nothing around me is familiar. Yeah, which has, at the same time that it has this the sense of discovery, at the same time it has the, the loneliness. It It gives you that feel, I think, for me, sometimes, it gives me that feeling of, being lonely between these unknown random sounds but i think the discovery excites me so much that i forget about interacting with anything else but just seeing new things feeling new things yeah i refer to sound as seeing or like (laughs) in that way because i i kind of see sound more than i listen to it sometimes I, I try to make objects. I'm a strong believer in synesthesia. Hmm. Yeah. How, how do you... So, I mean, I, I'm imagining you don't actually experience synesthesia, though, correct? Yeah, but... Well, I get... Well, I'm, what I'm going to ask you is, having established that, that you don't have synesthesia... How do you sort of imagine I, it or I don't experience know if I have, it? Have yeah. it or not? That's that's a very <laughs> difficult thing to say. Uh-huh. But um, when I when I make stuff, because some of some of the elements that are in in electronic music mostly, mm. some of the elements they don't have any um, classical definition of sure. sound or instrument. So basically, you you cannot name them or describe them. The only thing you have is an image of this object in your head that can fill the spectrum of the empty 
room in your headphones or in the speaker mm. so you're just filling this empty space with sounds and I think most of the time you see them as objects in your head you feel them it's like sometimes I remember as a kid I when I had like visions when I had fever like <laughs> when I was a kid I would see big objects like unknown objects in my dreams mm. at night I wouldn't say they were nightmares but I had these objects in my head that would pass slowly or move really quickly and then suddenly stop. And I always had this question in my head, what are these? Are are these real objects or visions or and they would give me a sense of sound as well, like low bass with this big bubble or you could see a hi-hat as a metal piece moving or scratching. So sometimes I put sounds as objects that I see and I can't describe it in words. Mm. I couldn't say this is like a purple stone or something. It's just something. It's, it's a sound. I see them. I see them moving. So, yeah, I, I was thinking it would be cool to try and experience this in, in a visual format as well, which, which I'm trying to do with Herod these mm. days trying to um, turn this album into objects that move and you experience them in a virtual reality format. And and do you... Uh, I feel like uh, in, in the digital age, uh, there, there's so much pressure because, because of just the way everybody is, is so oversaturated with entertainment and information. Uh, uh, there's so much pressure to create visuals that accompany your music because just the music itself isn't, you know, sort of uh, attention grabbing enough. Uh, but it's it seems like uh, for you, sort of pairing your music with visuals, with music videos, is, is kind of like uh, something that was sort of always meant to be in a way. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the whole basis of my musical composition which is visual strange visuals yeah i would say strange because some, some bits if you if you hear more classical chords or movements in the music you you could easily see them on scenery or film parts of films but i wouldn't put these noises on normal life routines or just scenery like scenes from a street or a city hmm. I would try to go deep into the sound as um, well it's kind of the same as the nano composition concept where you go in, it's like a microscope you go into the sound so with with digital objects I'm trying to go deep into objects that are created and they just melt and have really weird behavior hmm. yeah well, uh, I wish you all the luck with creating those results with visuals and sounds <laughs> into the yeah, future. It's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 yeah we, it's in the middle of the process, I would say. It's, we, we, we're constantly experimenting new things. So Okay, yeah. well, you know, I'm just, uh, just hit Thanks. me up, hit us yeah, up sure. when the next yeah. stuff is coming out, when these, sure. when these final results have risen to the yeah, top. Yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of uh, now that is 
out on your the, the album is out on your channel i'm like keen to have the album on your channel again like the next album as soon sure. as it's out yes your channel is pretty addictive oh wow and, well yeah. th thank you very yeah. much uh cool. the, the, let's let's stop complimenting each other here yeah and yeah <laughs> we'll just big fan, put, big fan. <laughs> we'll put an, we'll put an ending on this thing finally yeah, let's just end this. and we'll we'll say Come go down in the description box again. Check out this guy's latest record. Check out his latest music video, and any other relevant information we could put down there. And then I just want to thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Anthony. It was great talking to you. It was really fun. It was good talking to you too. Whoa, <laughs> Anthony Fantano, Ash Kusha, good music forever.